Hey Bulldogs, it's Annie, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. I'm a marketing major of DeSales class of 2023, and I'm excited to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing DSU students about the endless possibilities beyond graduation. Get ready to be inspired by the stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journeys. Now it's time to introduce this week's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Tassel. I'm here with today's guest, Jasmine Lanor Hernandez, graduate of the class of 2018 as a Spanish major with a minor in educational studies. So Jasmine now works as a Spanish teacher at the Lehigh Valley Charter High School for the Arts. And without further ado, Jasmine, please introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll get into your experience at DeSales. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Jasmine, like mentioned before, I am a Spanish teacher at the Lehigh Valley Charter High School for the Arts. Right now, actually, at the sales again to obtain my certification for teaching, and I'm excited to be here, and a really big honor to, to be um, asked to do this, so thank you. You're welcome, thanks for joining me. So Jasmine, um, what kind of activities were you involved in at DeSales, such as internships or job shadowing or work studies or any clubs, organizations or anything outside of school? What were you staying busy doing while you were in school at DeSales? So at DeSales, um, I was a commuter. I commuted back and forth from my house to DeSales. I was in Spanish club. I did. I was at the Career Development Center as well for four years. Um, I also uh, interned at Lehigh Valley Health Network as an interpreter. I interned there and I also interned for St. Luke's for their back to work program for their students who are interested, high school students that were interested in um, attending into medical field school. So I helped them build their curriculum. That's awesome. So is Spanish your first language? Technically, yes, but I grew up here in the U.S., so it, it kind of was both. Gotcha. Have you gone to Spain and or any Spanish-speaking countries that you've used your skill? Yes, actually. So uh, I believe in 2017, I was able to go to Spain for about a month. Um, it is a cool program through the sales in which you um, stay with a host family for about a month and take two courses of Spanish there. So I took, I believe, a Spanish history and uh, another Spanish course that I cannot remember right now, but I did take two courses there. Um, it was a wonderful experience. So great. It definitely opened my horizons to different cultures out there, especially just a little, you know, bubble that we live in. You kind of expand your world after being out there. I also took the opportunity to go to Rome and to um, to different parts of Spain, not just the ones that we attended as the program, but before I, I went with the rest of the students, I also went to Rome and Barcelona. And that was a, an amazing time. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your background and how it influenced your career path. So I am a first generation um, Latina to go to college. I graduated from Liberty High School here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And my ultimate goal was to get to college, to get to college. You know, I had to be the first. It was a lot of pressure for my family, of course, to go. And the sales honestly helped me out so much to attend all four years. And yeah, I mean, like, I've always been a studious person. I've always liked school. But I guess like when I went to college, though, it was a little different. Um, It wasn't, I quickly realized it wasn't as easy to pass like in high school. High school, I breezed through. And in college, I realized, oh, wow, like I really need to study. I really need to start um, putting more effort in rather than just, you know, doing my work and getting everything in. And yeah, I at first I started as undecisive or undecided. We used to say undeclared major. And I believe like now it has evolved the name itself. 
um, to a different name, I believe. And so from there, I was in between to criminal justice and uh, being a, a teacher as well. I went through this path of going to be a teacher. I, I had education credits under my belt. But in my junior year, I've always had a change of heart because I've always wanted to be a social worker. Um, I'm the kind of person that like I grew up in the community. I want to give back to the community. Um, being, you know, again, first generation Latina and from a household with low income, I understand the struggles of certain people, especially trying to go into college firsthand. So I always wanted to, you know, give back. And I was able to obtain a job uh, right away after college as a case manager. Um, and I've been a case manager for a couple of years until I decided to change that and go back to teaching because <laughs> I miss working with students directly. Don't get me wrong. I, I love being a case manager, but I, I just have this feeling of being surrounded with kids it's always a great time and so that's why I decided to go back to, to school to be a teacher well that's awesome and it's uh, important that you you know realize that that's something that you're <clears throat> passionate about and mm -hmm. would bring you joy because of course working around kids is a totally different environment okay. than working with very stressful situations all the time Exactly. It's, it's important to recognize that like, you know, it's your every day and you don't want to be doing something that you're just not as happy as you could be. So you mentioned you were undecided, but did you always know that you wanted to teach or even like even thought about teaching Spanish, like even on the side, like as a tutor for a long time? Honestly, to be honest, when I went to the sales, I had the mentality of being a social worker from the start. Okay. And the sales didn't have a social work program. Um, They had Marywood, but that's a master's program. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to get there unless I had either some kind of psychology background or some kind of criminal justice background. For some reason, I just leaned towards education. And that's where I went for a couple of years. And then until my junior year, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be a social worker. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll just take the Spanish credits and some education credits under my belt. I didn't go for a certification, but I don't regret it because I learned a lot through my social work experience, um, especially dealing with children with trauma, um, you know, emotional um, issues or, or situations that they've had. I'm able to understand their thinking a little bit more rather than just jumping into the field as a, as a brand new teacher or a brand new person working with children directly and not knowing anything about them or having the experience of um, quote unquote quote, being trauma informed, because that's a very big thing nowadays in school. So I, I do appreciate the background of social work that I have, because with that, I'm so resourceful with anything that has to do with like, you know, resources that anyone may need in the community. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's great that you can incorporate your background into what you're doing now and what you did study in, in college. So it's all yeah. now. So tell us about your day to day as a teacher. Um, what age students do you teach? Uh, what's your schedule like? I teach 9th or 12th, so children are about maybe like 14 to almost 18 years old, right? So it's all all high school. It varies because in our school, normally in normal public schools, uh, you know, freshmen will be in, found, uh, you know, Spanish 1 or Spanish 2, Spanish 3, Spanish 4 or honors or AP. In our school, we have levels, so it's foundations, connections, communications, and intensive practice. And so students, they know that you only need two years of a requirement for our language. So they can either take it whenever if they want to get out of the way their freshman and sophomore year, or they can wait till their junior or senior year um, to take it. And then it all varies, of course, depending on the student's understanding of Spanish. So if they're native speakers, for the most part, they'll be assessed and put placed into a higher Spanish level compared to being in foundation. 
accommodations. My day starts from 7.30. Well, I wake up actually around six o'clock to get everything ready. Um, I have a two-year-old son, so I have to take him, take him to daycare. And then after that, I go to work, be there by 7.30. I have homeroom first period. And then my day ends about three o'clock after four or five sections of teaching every day <laughs> and then uh, some um, you know lunch duty or uh, study halls that I'm also in charge of as well so yeah my day is pretty busy all, all day until three o'clock but even so I have to you know prep for tomorrow's lesson make sure I have lessons plan lesson plans ready and ensuring that all the materials are, are ready for the next day so well, that's awesome. And I bet it's super fun because Spanish is a fun language to teach, to learn. I wanted to ask you, because I know I studied Spanish for, I think like four years in high school. No, five years because I took it eighth to 12th. And then I studied Spanish in college. But what kind of approach do you take to teaching students Spanish? I remember that we did a lot of songs. We learned so many things through songs, um, videos, and just using, they, they always had textbook videos that were always really cringy but always (laughs) so I was wondering like are those the kind of approaches that you go about there is this concept called comprehensible input and for the most part what I end up doing is I have I do have videos I show them videos but I also try to make it more relatable to um their situation or their their lives so that way it's more relatable and they can retain the information much better than if I was just feeling different things. So for example, recently we just learned about different countries in Latin America and I had them create a presentation based on that, uh, a different country in Latin America. So there's about 21 uh, countries and my class is about maybe less than 20 students. So it worked out perfectly that everyone had their own uh, individual country and they were able to present it in class. And it was great because we got to learn a little bit more about the country rather than the name and the capital and where they're located. And it kind of opened some of our students' um, eyes see oh wow like these things are happening but yet we don't talk about it and it's like yeah we're kind of always stuck in our own little bubble we don't realize like what is out there what is actually happening out there doing things like that that are more relatable to students definitely um is much enjoyable we have a good time we laugh sometimes if there's like something funny that comes up and i'm always open to creative ideas i do teach a charter uh, um I'm at a high school for the arts. So I definitely like tell students, hey, like use your talent, like incorporate it. Like if you're a singer, you want to sing a song, go right ahead. If you know your your design, um, your visual artist, make sure that your backgrounds look spectacular, right? Um, you know, like I tell them, pour your heart into it because everything that you do from now on is a representation of you. Well, that's awesome. I love that. And I, I agree that I think it makes it more enjoyable, relatable, informational. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way students are going to learn. So I wanted to ask going along with that, what are some of the challenges of you know teaching especially a language because it does not come easy to everybody no and you're right it, it does take uh, quite some time to acquire it uh definitely as a teacher I definitely say like patience is key um with students because you'll have different ranges of students where for example I have a foundations class where most of them are freshmen but some of them have a have taken um Spanish in middle school so they have a solid background or they're native speakers so some of them pretty like may seem a little board in class but I try to incorporate them I try to say okay like how you know you know how this is like you know explain it to the class why is that um you know kind of have them more engaged so they're not just like falling asleep because sometimes that does happen because it it is early morning and to have a Spanish class first early in the morning to be you know to be very enthusiastic yeah (laughs) it's very hard to get them motivated sometimes 
but I like to joke around with them. I like to, you know, uh, play around with them and, and they seem to have much fun. They, they cooperate, they understand, they learn. I guess like with COVID, it's just been really weird with the learning process for some students because we've been virtual or we've been remote or some students I've literally not taken Spanish because unfortunately with, with COVID and everything, some, some teachers have decided to leave the field. So there's not enough teachers to fill in that vacancy and and such some students were unable to obtain a language so um i i, I kind of am like starting from scratch with this uh, section for example and some students appreciate that because they're like i have no idea about the language like i probably know hola and that's it <laughs> and so um you know i'm trying to incorporate as much things as i can to help them have a, at least a good solid foundation so when if they decide to move on to another another level they have that background ready to to continue on um, learning their language so um, I know you mentioned before that you're first gen student. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for other students that are in your position? Um, I know a lot of students that I, my myself included, I am one of the first in my family to go to college. My parents immigrated from Italy when they were young. So what advice do you have for students that are first gen? Take advantage of anything that is available to you. Um, you know, like scholarships, uh, thankfully, you know, I, I definitely made sure that I got my FAFSA in right away. Um, you know, I, um, you know, being able to talk to certain colleges and ne negotiate, and a lot of people don't know that you can negotiate your, your scholarship, um, you know, and definitely just keep promoting yourself out there. And I definitely recommend networking um, in, in college. Like that is the biggest thing that I am most grateful for. Um, being able to do, especially working at the Career Development Center, I was able to form a lot of friends and um, meet a lot of people, especially in, in different areas, not only just in education, but in business or uh, marketing and, and such, especially with the college fairs that they would come around. Even though I knew I was going to be a social worker, I would still go and I would still promote myself because you never know what other jobs are available that you might be interested in. It might not have anything to do with your specific major, but schools always need accountants, right? Schools need uh, different types of positions as well. So it's always good to expand your mind of different positions that are out there because one day, you know, God forbid you don't find yourself with a job, you at least have that solid background to be able to do something else. Absolutely. I love that message. And just a final, um, you know, advice that you would have for students that are struggling to, you know, if they're a Spanish major, whether education, what's just like the biggest advice that you would have for them going into that field? Well, definitely education. It like, like I said, it takes a lot of patience, a lot of um, understanding. And I guess the, now I just understanding these children is, is the best way to get through them. Us as teachers, we always think, oh, you know, our biggest thing is we got to get our lessons in. We have to make sure we, we meet our curriculum and we're, we're, we're set for the school year. Um, it, it has changed the focus to making sure that the students are okay because, you know, the past few years have been a little crazy. And ensuring that you understand or have that background of being trauma-informed for those kids uh, will definitely help you in the future. To, to you know create good relationships and 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 help them uh but you know don't be discouraged about the whole teachers quitting and exiting uh continue working on if you know your passion is to work with kids uh you know keep finding different ways to to get that so it, 
even if it doesn't end up being a teacher, there are other professions in the education world that they need people like you that want to work with children. So um, definitely continue on. Uh, you know, you're in this because you love working with kids. You have a passion for them. And, uh, you know, I really hope in the future I see more more teachers come up. Um, I love seeing student teachers from the sales. I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm also the sales alum. I'm so excited to see them. I, I wish you all the best and good luck with everything. Well, you're an inspiration, Jasmine. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. And if anyone would like to reach out to Jasmine, I'll have her contact information linked in the caption. Otherwise, thank you everyone listening. And remember to subscribe to this channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our honor to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.